0: Hey, you made it to our second episode. Thank you for listening. It's time to talk about Season 1, Episode 2 of Holy Moly in Australia. Welcome to the podcast. The two of us have been deeply in the mini golf universe for quite a few years, and finally met in person while we were each individually competing on Season 1 of Holy Moly. I'm Tom, and I go by the name Mr. T. And by my wife, the Pink Putter, we're a couple of putts. We build, design, and consult on mini golf projects across the world. We document our adventures in the game and travel far and wide to play mini golf. Find us over at a acoupleofputts.com and on social media at coupleputts.
1: And I'm Pat, and in mini golf circles, I'm known as the putting penguin. I run the mini golf course review website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Penguin. I'm also a competitive mini golfer, having played in over 60 tournaments. This year, we took our talents to a podcast after spending 2020 live streaming, We're Going to Need a Bigger Windmill, our Facebook show that covered the U.S. Season 2 of Holy Moly, along with other mini golf topics. You can find that show in the archives of our respective website. Due to the wonders of technology, we're here to start the run of this podcast, recapping the Australian Season 1 of Holy Moly, as well as the entire realm of mini golf across the world.
0: We have a lot of first-end experience on the course of Holy Moly in the United States during Season 1 and 2. We know what it's like during the middle of the night to putt with all the pressure in the world. For both of us, it's safe to say that we're equally interested in winning as we are playing these one-of-a-kind holes.
1: So a few notes before we get into our recaps. Obviously, we'll be spoiling the matches and who won the episodes. So if you're listening to a recap show, you might want to get up to speed on those episodes before you listen to us. We're going to be referencing some of the previous iterations of Holy Moly, since, as Tom mentioned, we have some familiarity with them. And while we're not going to go super deep on the individual episodes here, we're going to share out some visuals and link to some of the competitors to help you have some visual aspects of what we're going to be talking about on the show. And a couple key differences that we're going to focus on throughout this episode and others between the Aussie Holy Moly And the U.S., holy moly, are, first of all, the Australian version's about a half hour longer broadcast-wise than we saw in the U.S., hour and a half versus an hour. It was also filmed in Australia back in October, which is a little bit different because they had tried to originally film it in the U.S. back in March when they were filming the latest season of the U.S. version and were delayed and had to change things up due to this little thing called COVID. And finally, the grand prize. So this season, the Aussies are going to be playing for $100,000, which works out to be about seventy-five dollars or $76,000 U.S., which is versus the 250000 that competitors played for in Season 2 of the U.S. version.
0: While well, I've done college radio and done some DJing over the years, I can't ask enough for a little grace on the audio quality. I've gained a deeper level of respect for people who podcast regularly. Editing these episodes has been something already. The number of episodes being released in Australia each week is wild and very different than in the United States. But we're going to try to keep up because we love watching these episodes and we can't help it. We're up to doing what we're going to do every episode, which is our quick recap, the holy moly scramble time. This is where we do a very brief and fun recap of all the holes played, and we're going to add a little bit of flavor of our experiences. Just to give you a little bit of the setup, there's eight different holes in an episode, head-to-head matchups, and eight different competitors. And this week, the battle of the two Michelles on hole number two. This is a heavily used hole in season two of Holy Moly in the United States. The exact same name and same concept. Instead of portabottis or portajohns, they call them dunnies in Australia. We'll probably break down the design in a later episode, but the cup placement is far more kind for the putters. Our buddy Aaron from O Street Mini Golf, who lost in this hole, would have loved a shot at this layout. After the players putt, They have to race past these colorful toilets before the doors open and knock them off. There were a lot of hits in season two in the United States. And on our bigger windmill show, I think we had five of the people who got knocked in the water. One's a clumsy mother of three. The other is a woo girl. And by the amount of times that she said woo, I'm pretty confident that that's the perfect nickname. I counted 30. Riggle says he counted 2,000. It was a lot. She made a great putt that was worthy of a woo, but didn't get that at ace. The other Michelle, Novotny, left it a little bit of short near the Dunny sign, but both the has got knocked easily in the water. Michelle Novotny, who was further out, hit the ball and set herself up for a nice next putt. The woo girl missed an easy putt and then set herself up just to tie. They went to a putt-off, and in the putt-off, Michelle Novotny wins the battle of the Michelles after Wu Michelle missed out. Sorry if this is confusing. There's a lot of Michelles, but a Michelle won this match, and we're moving on to the next hole. So the second
1: hole of the night we had was Uranus. Quick recap of this hole. It's a long putt up and around Uranus, trying to get a channel that would lead to a potential hole-in-one competitor then has to jump over a variety of planets and attempt not to get wet and have a penalty stroke so our two competitors on this hole were jasmine who is a 29 year old pro golfer who owns a golfing business golfer girl who, that gets hired for corporate days and charity and she was up against the spotlight stealing bradley who is a 26-year-old hospital worker. Now, in this day and age, that's probably enough to earn you plenty of fame, given everything that's going on with COVID. But our man Bradley had quite an outfit choice to go along with his big sexy and little sexy persona. And chances are you've said those words in your best fat bastard impersonation, and he would have agreed with your choice of accents on that particular front. I believe they were referenced as budgie smugglers, which you might want to do the Google on that a little bit, but a budgie being a bird. And of course, Mr. Riggle wanted to know if Australians smuggled other birds in their pants. With that set up, well, Bradley was just kind of a hot mess all around. He did get a halfway decent putt, but missed the channel and then proceeds to kick himself in the back of the head before jumping over the planets. And as far as a motivational strategy goes, not exactly up there with your Michael Jordans or Tom Brady's of the world and ended up paying the price for it, not being able to get over without getting wet. Jasmine made a run at it as well and unfortunately didn't get the channel, but had a much more favorable bounce off of the uh, little backboard there that comes down. She ends up getting dumped by the rings of Saturn into the water with them both sitting on a penalty stroke she sinks her shot. Bradley didn't really have a run at it, and that easily put Jasmine into the second round. And I get to stay on for our third hole of the episode, and that's a new hole for this season, but one that we saw in episode one called Foul Play. And so the premise here is fairly similar to Beaver Creek uh, from the U.S. season two. It has a putting area where you put over a bridge and then gets split up into one of three channels that goes underneath a a red barn. One leads to a sand trap, another leads to a potential hole-in-one, and then the third leads to a dressed-up chicken who would then drop your ball over in a drop zone. So a little bit of interactive play on the course. In our particular matchup here, we had Vincent, who was from Zimbabwe and had some pet lions, giraffes and elephants growing up, which made for an interesting menagerie and also interesting that he ended up on the farm themed hole in and of itself. He was up against one of my personal favorites, Mark the Bearded One. It was called Luxurious and Beautiful by Mr. Riggle, and boy was it. He also had the distinction of being what he called a waste management cleaner, what the rest of us in the world would call a garbage man, or and apparently in Australia, a Garbo, but does not have the unique distinction of being the only one of those that holy moly is cast throughout the seasons. You can go see more of uh, season two's Garbage Man on our show. We're going to need a bigger windmill and like all well-bearded men, he does a little bit of Santa work during the holidays. In terms of how the hole played, this was actually a bit of a interesting one for us because this is the first time we see the whole hole played because in episode one, it was the last hole of the episode and it was one on an ace, so we didn't get to see anybody else put out. We started off with Vincent who ended up going to the left-hand side and got himself into the sands and made a very valiant attempt at getting over the rolling log, which is the other part of the obstacle, almost made it to the end before getting dumped in. Mark, his putt, goes to the other side, and he meets the infamous uh, costume chicken, who drops him over into the drop zone. He also had a surprisingly good attempt over the spinning pole and unfortunately, though, ended up in the bat of feathers. And let me tell you, you're going to want to see some of the visuals on this because the beard in slow motion is absolutely amazing. And I did feel him because a beard full of feathers when you're done has got to be a bit of a distraction when you're trying to putt later on. Vincent, when it comes to now putting his second shot, which would be his third because they both took the penalty for going in the feathers, doesn't get a great out of the sand and then blows right past the hole on his third shot. Mark had what was a pretty decent shot out of the drop zone, and I would make it analogous to kind of the darker green patches of rough that one might see on a regular mini golf course. And that left him for a nice smooth putt for the three. And that pushed him on to the second round. And as uh, Riggle would like to tell us many times throughout the episode, but starting in this particular hole, the Amish love holy moly.
0: That's almost like the perfect transition to our next hole, Dutch Courage. We had Taylor, a 20 something Mutai boxer, against Graham, who was former military fitness and education instructor, and from a little sleuthing I did on Facebook, also an actor, which I could kind of hear in his interview. He had a little bit of a Sean Connery accent going on, but he was 71 and so far our oldest uh, competitor on the season. Love seeing that we have more older competitors and we get a wide range of ages. If you're not familiar with Dutch Courage... You haven't been watching Holy Moly. It's been on every season of the show that's existed. It's the second time seeing it on the Australian Holy Moly. It's the first hole I played and saw on set. Those massive spinning blades are sight to behold in person. This hole was also kind of an inspiration, if you didn't catch it, of our previous show, We're going to Need a Bigger Windmill. And we were both fortunate to play this fun hole. On to the play, it was. Taylor getting hit by one of the blades and then getting past the second one, her putt was pretty good. She got it all the way up there on the first putt, which everybody has done this season except for Graham. Graham's first putt was rough and then his getting hit by the blade was rough but was eclipsed by him falling off the course trying to set up a second putt between the two windmills. If there's Anything you just go online to find a video of, this is it. When his head pops up, when he comes out of the tulips, it's one of the funniest moments on the show. I think i watched this like three times. Anyways, he's down a considerable amount of putts. It takes Taylor two putts down on the green to get in. For some reason, Graham did a layup putt to set up his next putt, but he was so far behind it didn't matter. So Taylor getting it in three putts easily beats Graham, and she goes on to the next round.
1: And we pick her up right away in our first round two match, which is a hole that both Tom and I played on set as well in season one, and you can see in my episode, it's slip and putt. The premise for this one is probably one of the easiest to describe, run up the heavily lubed hill, the first person up gets the better ball position, and then you putt your way back down and play out the rest of the hole. So we had Taylor, who had just survived Dutch Courage, who was going up against Jasmine, who was our golfer girl business, who had slipped her way past Uranus. As Mr. Riggle mentioned, this hole was probably originally dubbed a ticking time bomb by the legal team. We'll get into his love of or lack of love of the attorneys and insurance companies and what they must think of all of the holes on holy moly as we go throughout the season. But in terms of the play, after some Good, clean up and down, or maybe not so clean, but at least slick up and down by both of our competitors. Jasmine gets to the top. that leaves Taylor putting first from the B position, and I think her strategy was to try to take out her opponent as she bulleted the putt right past the brick or the, the piece of board that should have angled it down the hill at Jasmine. Um, that left her sitting two up top, which he finally hit down. Jasmine had a fairly easy shot down from the top, actually bopped Tyler's ball out of the way, um, Left her with a pretty decent position and a fairly easy second putt up for the win. And uh, one of the things that I've loved in the first two episodes that they showed so far that they've kind of cut out of the U.S. episodes a little bit is they showed the competitors actually sliding down the hill after making their putts. And, you know, that's one thing that you do all that work and you're going to get all messy sliding back down. But man, is it fun. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I had a blast on that one. And funny enough, we moved to one of the other holes that I played next or a variation of it. They're calling it Surf and Turf. The version of it I played was called Surf on Turf. We'll get more into it in design time with Mr. T. But this is the first appearance of Surf and Turf as a whole using this name. And in Australia, the premise is to launch the ball up an arched ramp to jump your ball over the water while your back is to the hole. It's kind of complicated to describe, but it's super unique then you have to run across a 30 or so foot narrow padded ledge while getting hit by three water cannons. Easy, right? Yeah. So we get to the hole. Mark hits the ball, lands like four feet from the cup while Michelle landed in the sand. Both of them easily get knocked off of the water cannons. Neither of them really had a chance. Michelle came close to making it from the sand, but After a close miss, Mark finishes her off with a short putt to advance to the finale of the episode.
1: And now we're on to Dissecting the Distractor. With me the putting penguin so we have our two losers from the semifinals taylor who lost on slip and putt and michelle who you just heard loss on surf and turf and the premise of this act distractor is very simple 12 foot putts and you don't know your distraction until you're standing up there and the wall spins around this week we had an interesting distraction especially for those of us in the us who weren't as familiar with this particular character but it was aggro the puppet but it was best described as a both children's figure and adult entertainer puppet, which uh, for our American viewers, if you're fans of Conan Orion, I would say most similar to Triumph the Insult Dog over here in the States. So with him throwing out various insults and just being um, generally entertaining, we had Taylor blow her first putt past the hole. And as I want to say, never leave it short on national television. So good job for her, even though it didn't go in the cup. Michelle followed suit. And then we had... Taylor, on her second time around, nailed the back of the cup, didn't fall, but Michelle dropped it to take that redemption shot, a spot in the finals. Um, In terms of ranking this particular hole this time around, I give it three out of five fish. It was a little bit more humorous than our first episode, Distractor, and it got the players uh, engaged a little bit, which actually, believe it or not, can kind of throw you off your putting because you're engaging with the people more than thinking about your actual putt. And I think the bit that I laughed the hardest is when he threatened to become naked and the puppet came off and they just had a bare hand. And so good, clean, family-ish, fun humor there. Gave it my award of prefish fish this week.
0: And that brings us to the final of this episode. This is the first showing of this hole. It's putter ducky. If you watch season two of Holy Moly in the United States, it's the same layout minus there was like a toothbrush and a piece of soap sort of behind this ramp that's on the other side of where they're putting, but more or less it's the same. You got to hit the ball past these huge, oversized, inflated rubber duckies on like about a five-foot ledge that leads past some small rubber duckies, you go up a ramp, and then you're coming back past those rubber duckies and hopefully you get into the cup. Jasmine hits the base of the duck somehow, but gets a really great bounce towards the cup, leaving her four feet short, and you're thinking, boy, she set up to like win this. Then Mark and Michelle go the normal route, hit it down the track, and they both get within two feet of the hole. So I have a feeling we're going to see an ace on this. We had one of the people who aced putter ducky in the United States on our finale last year, Jennifer. I have a feeling we're going to have someone from Australia aceless. Anyways, so we have everybody within four feet of the cup. All of them try to run past the ducks, have varying levels of success. And by success, I mean failure, and they get hit by the first duck in, and they're soaked. They all put in their short putts, and then they go to a putt-off. So we have a finale putt-off. First round, everybody but Michelle and the clumsy mother, makes it. So Michelle's out. We're left with Jasmine and Mark. Jasmine misses. Mark makes it. Mark Duncan, the Garbo, he's our episode two winner. The Beautiful Beard is on to the finale. And that wraps up. Episode two as far as the walkthrough goes, and that means we're on to design time with Mr. T. Hey, that's me. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about surf and turf. The name is a variation on the season one hole I played, surf or turf, not the N, and the concept is identical to the season two U.S. hole called water hazard. Describe the concept earlier as far as the putting goes and hitting it over your head We've seen a number of holes over the years playing mini golf courses where you jump over water or other obstacles. None of them span this far, though. This is like a 30-foot jump, and none of them force you to shoot with your back to the cup. Super unique and innovative. Love it. Didn't really love playing it, but fortunately, I got it across the bridge. Because on season one, if you missed over the arc, you could hit it over a 30-foot long little bridge like did you see at a mini golf course here, and in the U.S. season on water hazard, they have added like a little drop zone. So if the competitor doesn't get it over the arc, they've got a, like a area to start. Because I got to say, in season one of Holy Moly, where I got it over the bridge, that was a much better shot than the drop zone shot has been on water hazard or on surf and turf in Australia. The layout for water hazard And for surf and turf, the hole that we're talking about in Australia, they're about the same. The only difference is, is that water hazard had a little bit of a backstop. The area where you putt is more or less a bunch of sand surrounding a small patch of checkered greens. You have a well-oiled up lifeguard on a chair, some surfboards, and an area that if you hit the ball too hard, you're likely going in the sand. And that's pretty much it. As far as the design goes, there's not a lot of extra things around the hole, but the putting itself with the sand is really difficult. As the show goes through more iterations, it seems more and more they're really interested in just getting people soaked. Water hazard is going to probably be one where no matter what happens, people are going to get wet. So I have to hit it over the arc. You have to run across a very narrow padded area while getting hit with water cannons. No one's probably going to make it through one person made it through on water hazard i'm betting that maybe no more than one person makes it through in all of australia this is a really tough one and now on to uh wriggle roasts and the best bits from our favorite mini golf commentator
1: so my favorite one from this week really wasn't a uh bit, but did actually play well into uh, our presence here on the podcast. At the end of the show, there was some dialogue and Riggle goes, well, once the show ends, I forget everything. And I said, Rob, that's why we're here. You follow the podcast, you'll remember everything. Other than that, the only note I had and we actually haven't talked about it in either of our episodes too uh, so far are the animated breaks. Um, this one being a behind the hole with Greg Norman and going through Dutch Courage. And while I personally thought it was all right. I think So far, they've lacked a little bit of what Steph Curry brought to his in season two. Um, So we'll be interested, I'll be interested to see if Greg can bring that same sort of real good deadpan humor that our, one of our favorite NBA stars does here in the US episodes.
0: Big ditto to that. I'm thinking that Curry might have had a little bit more experience talking to the camera and doing things than Norman, but Norman just comes off a little stiff and stodgy sometimes. But, For my favorite Regal bit from this show, it was really the one right at the opening. And it's not even a funny one. It's just one that I can totally relate to. He says, mini golf is the greatest sport on Earth and many other planets too. Totally agree with that. I thought it was also funny that going into one of the breaks that Shervo had asked, what is he going to do during the break? And he's like, I don't know, maybe like rifle through people's cars in the parking lot. For some reason, that just had me rolling and imagining him just like, Picking through people's change in their car. So that was my favorite of Wriggle this episode.
1: All right. The next thing we got to cover is we've started doing a Would You Rather. So this being episode two, it's now my turn to ask Mr. T a question. So bringing a little bit of politics into this one, because if anybody's listened to us over the past year, you kind of know where we stand a bit on the spectrum. Um, We're going to go with some outfit choices. So Mr. T. Would you rather wear a MAGA hat, and for Australian fans, that is Make America Great Again, uh, Mr. Trump's favorite uh, tagline, in a one public appearance, and I'm saying like at a gas station, or wear Big Sexy's outfit for your one and only Holy
0: Moly appearance that you'll be forever remembered on television for? I am definitely going to put on the Big Sexy outfit. The budgie scrumbler, whatever it is that he was wearing, happy to wear that over a mega hat.
1: I would absolutely agree. So all of our followers, you can infer what you would like about our political affiliations and leanings based on our particular answers there.
0: Okay. On to some news of the mini golf world before we get going, wanted to give you a heads up that we saw both Putt Pub in San Marcos, Texas. It's about a half hour south of Austin. And Cool Crest in San Antonio, about another hour south of San Marcos, plan on having some tournaments in the spring. I think Putt Pub's going to be in March. And I'm not sure when the Cool Crest one will be, but I'm certain it will be awesome. We visited both of those courses during a distance trip in January. They're incredible, incredible mini golf spaces. And we can't wait to share both reviews. And I can't recommend those courses enough.
1: And staying in the tournament realm, a couple weeks ago, the USPMGA and PUTU, which is a course in Center Valley, Pennsylvania, announced that they will not be able to hold the 2021 U.S. Open due to the ongoing COVID uncertainty and restrictions that are in place in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, So recently, the USPMGA announced that they were shifting U.S. Open to I believe it was gator golf which was right outside of fort myers florida and moving it up from a mid may time period to a early april time period so not sure that we're gonna be able to play that this year as we had planned on it doing it in pennsylvania but we will continue to report on it and certainly if everything goes well and the tournament gets played we will provide some results and thoughts on it when the time comes around Our last topic for the podcast is a section that we call Big Thoughts and Mini-Golf.
0: And for me, I'm going to keep it really simple and go with a tagline that we used as a couple of putts and just say, Mini-Golf is for everyone. And for mine and for
1: this week, I like to stay in the competitive realm and the piece of Advice that I would give is, if you're gonna be playing tournaments and you're looking for some consistency in your tee shots, use your feet or putter head to measure the distance from bricks or other identifying places in the tee area so that you consistently put the ball in the same place every round that you play. And uh, that's assuming that you're not using a tee mat or something else that's on the holes, but that'll help you get some consistency in your shots in tournaments. That wraps up our show for this week or this episode. We'll see how often it comes out, but until next time, putt when ready.